Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Harvey Norman, our final podcast of the year, our final Teamless Tuesday. Uh, Don Brock, you and I both eliminated from all our major private head-to-head leagues. Maybe <laughs> a good thing given the absolute and utter carnage in the team list that we're seeing this week. Yeah, CK, okay. good to join you one last time to wrap another uh, chaotic batch of team lists and uh, at the end of a chaotic season all around. Um, I can't remember any, any season like it really with the number of um, big outs we've had and obviously a lot more uh, uh, changes to the season this year with the uh, pandemic. Um, yeah, so congrats, I guess, to everyone who's made their head-to-head league finals. This is a massive week for them and yeah, if they can get a good 17 on the park this week, they're a long way towards winning their leagues. Actually, looking at it, my team was in utter ruins last week, but I get a whole bunch of players back this week. Actually, would have fielded a vaguely competitive team if I'd been um, alive in any of my leagues, but not to be. Uh, we will get to some hard luck stories um, from everyone towards the end of the show, but let's start off looking at the teams such as they are. It kicks off on Thursday night. Bit of a spoon ball there between the Broncos and the Cowboys. Be plenty of spirit in this one. Um, always some feeling between these two teams, with Broncos desperate to try and get away from that last spot. Um, guarantee both teams. Teams will be giving it everything they have. Uh, moved Katoni Staggs to 5'8", which is an interesting one. Um, Tyson Gamble, their half last week, I picked up a head knock. A um, few other tweaks, but the, um, the the main fantasy talking points, David Fafida obviously picked up an injury last week. He's out um, for not just this game, but also for Origin. Payne Haas, who we were all sweating on, um, was able to return to the bubble after some time out with personal leave. So Haas is in. Yeah, the big news there, Haas, um, pretty good captaincy option, uh, as always. Um, yeah, Fafita out, really hurts for those uh, Fafita owners out there. Stags, the Stags move is interesting. Him at 5 Um I think it probably lifts his floor up a bit. In games where he doesn't score tries, it can be really quiet, but mm. um, he can also make lots of breaks and score tries in the centres, and I don't know if he'll have that impact at 5 We'll see. Um you know, good news at least that he's still in the team for those uh, who have him. But uh, Haas, yeah, I think he's going to be my captain this week. Mm. He's had the week off, you know. Um, so, you know, should be at least fresh physically. So, mm. I don't know. But who, who knows? I mean, team changes in terms of substitutions could be anything this week. So, who mm. knows what minutes he'll play. True, but like I said, they will be legitimately trying to win this one. So you think he, he plays big minutes, which is not necessarily the um, the case with some of the other captaincy options we'll talk about uh, when we get to them. Uh, Cowboys team, good news in terms of Jason Tamalolo got through his return from a calf strain back into the starting side this week. Uh, a few other tweaks around the place. Uh, Josh McGuire back from suspension is good for his owners. Um, they're the, probably the main two talking points. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, Tamalolo, obviously their best scorer. Ruben Cotter was being really good recently for those who picked him up. We talked him up a few weeks ago. He was very cheap then. He's still cheapish now if you need to make a trade and positions aren't an issue. Uh, got 64 last week, playing the full 80 minutes at Hooker. Um, should be kept busy in, uh, yeah, one of the few intense games of the round, as you say, with Brisbane uh, playing toward the spoon. So... Outside of those three, I can't see a hell of a lot in this Cowboys team this week. The Hammers still there will be in a lot of teams, I guess. Scored um, okay last We're desperate. Yeah, so he gets a try. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll be in amongst the points. So yeah, not much else in that Cowboys team. No, not much. Uh, Titans and the Knights, uh, Friday 6pm up there on the Gold Coast um, Knights. 
pretty uh, big incentive to, to win this one with a um, chance to, to lock up a home final. Um, Titans can guarantee themselves, I think, a ninth place finish, which would be quite a turn up given that a lot of people had them as the, the wooden spurners in the, the preseason and um, their four game winning run. They've, they've rocketed up that lower half of the ladder. Um, in terms of their team, um, very little doing in terms of changes. Brian Kelly comes back at centre. Tremaine Spry uh, moves out one spot. Corey Thompson dropped, which I... Uh, I feel like that's a little bit harsh. He's been quite good for them, but um, team-wise, no changes other than that. Yeah, Thompson played well last week. It should be a good game, this one. The Titans, as you say, are really flying at the uh, end of the season. Um, you know, they're going to be the most upbeat team of the bottom eight, you would say, uh, looking to next year where they've got a few big recruits. They've got AJ Brimson is absolutely flying at the moment. He got 51 points, uh, which is obviously a very good score, but he looked even better than that on the field last week. Um, him and Fogarty both got 50s with their best uh, in fantasy. Um, yes, yeah, so they've you know no real pressure, but um, getting the big win here, and as you say, the Knights are, are pretty keen to get a um, home final. Um, no real buys, I don't think, from either team if you haven't got them in your side already. Um, yeah, I mean, Brimson maybe for yeah. a gamble, but with um, Pappenhausen and Tedesco back this week, people probably aren't on a lookout for a fullback, you wouldn't think. Yeah, and ditto for the Knights. A couple of begins, Kurt Mann. Maybe Bradman Best could be a left field buy if you're desperate for a centre this week. Obviously, a, a great scorer on his day, especially if he gets a try or two. Um, bad news for Chris Randall, who played quite well last week in the starting side with Kurt Mann back, um, bumping him out of the hooker spot and had to come off the bench for a few minutes. Um, otherwise, Mitchell Pierce has been scoring quite well for the Knights uh, of late, I think. But yeah, not not a buy when there's been a halves around. No, not this week, definitely. That pretty much covers it, I think. Um, one of the big ones of the round, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. Um, Rabbitohs will know by kickoff if they're playing for a home final, but they won't want to lose to the Roosters regardless. Um, they were shocking last week, got beaten by the Bulldogs, have a lot to uh, work on. Um, as such, nothing in terms of players being rested. They get uh, Gagai back from suspension into the centres, uh, lost Jaden Seward to suspension, so Jed Cartwright into the starting side, but that's uh, pretty much it for the change. Yeah, so um, fantasy-wise, Damien Cook had a really good score last week in the 70s. Uh, should be kept busy defensively, you would think, against what looks like a very strong Roosters team we'll talk about in a moment. Um, Campbell Graham's been good in the centres, uh, but again, tough competition this week. And um, Yeah, so I don't know if Cook's necessarily a captaincy option. You normally need him to score well. Like with and without the ball, like you know, a few breaks or assists or something in attack to add to um, a good number of tackles. And yeah, this Roosters team looks very good at it. I can see this being a very one-sided scoreline. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't back him for seventy plus again. But I mean, they you know they didn't do too well against the Bulldogs last week, and he he got seventy three, so um, plenty of tackles in that score. So um, certainly one of the options. You wouldn't think he'd be uh, a candidate for for too much of a rest. Um, given that they are going to be trying their best to win this game. Uh, Roosters team, um, as you touched on, all the reinforcements back, Tedesco, Jake Friend, Cordner and Taukiaho um, all set out last week. They have rested a few. Joey Manu um, is in quite a few fantasy teams. He's one of the ones to go out along with Collins and Isaac Liu. Um, Angus Crichton is an interesting one starting this week in the, um, the lock roll. Yeah, so we've seen him score well. You know, obviously in his uh, traditional second row, you know, edge forward role. 
uh, getting a few breaks and uh, a bunch of tackles, but he can score really well in the middle as well, even off the bench in the past. So, yeah, starting at lock, he could be in for a big one. Um, you know, as, as we say, for predicting a, a really one-sided game, then maybe there's not that many tackles to go around, but he's so busy that he can, um, you know, rack up 30, 40 points really quick at the start of games. Uh, so, yeah, could be a, if you've got him, he's not in heaps of teams, but if you do have him, he could be a left field captaincy option and, you know, maybe he'll get amongst the tries or something. Who knows? Um, and, yeah, Tedesco, obviously, very big in uh, saving a lot of teams after missing last week. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Crichton certainly could be a, a sweet buy for anyone who somehow is still sitting on a, a trade and needs, um, you know, a point of difference sort of option for their their league grand final. The um, uh, Saturday afternoon footy kicks off at ANZ Stadium. Bulldogs up against the Panthers. Bulldogs coming off a win, which is nice for them. Um, no changes. They've um, technically switched Josh Jackson and Chris Smith between edge and middle, but otherwise, um, you know, it's the same starting or the same 17 that they had last week. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Where the team uh, running last doesn't make any changes and also top teams are overhauling their lineups. But um, that's the way it goes after a rare win for the Dogs last week. Um, not a ton to talk about fantasy-wise. Tyler Mariner getting another try, I think, last yeah. week. Another 70-pointer. 70, 70 he can't stop. Um, yeah, Tolman got another good score. Jake Gavarillo, who's in a few teams from back when he was really cheap early in the season, is... Um, you know, paying paying those owners back by getting some decent scores at five eighth, which um, is a bonus. Um, so you should get thirty or thirty odd in the centres. Not much more than that, unless he gets over the trailer. Uh, the Panthers team we're expecting mass restings. It hasn't quite panned out. Um, they get a couple who arrested last week back. They were uh, leaving out Dylan Edwards, Filiami Kikau, and Stephen Crichton. This week, uh, Crichton probably affects a fair few teams. The other two, probably not so much. Uh, Cleary and Lou, I both named. I thought they'd both be a, a big resting candidate, but um, both will play. Yeah, so good news there for, well, I imagine just about everyone who's still alive has Cleary in their team. And and a lot still have um, Luai, so good news on both fronts there. Yeah, Crichton, he's one of the most popular centres. I'd probably, because he's second behind Lomax this year, he's been uh, scoring a ton of tries, so that's going to hurt some teams, especially those who don't have depth. So it could be a, a trade in the making there if they've got any. And um, Yeah, Cleary, are you thinking about captaincy options there? Could they make any, could they sub him in the second half if they're, if they're winning or regardless of the result? Absolutely, yeah. Matt Burton there in Jersey 14 on the bench um, traditionally plays in the halves. So you'd think if Panthers are up, you know, probably not at half time, but with, you know, half an hour to go, sort of that 10 minutes after half time, if they're up 20 plus, which, you know, you wouldn't rule out being a possibility, there's every chance that the Cleary gets a rest. So, you know, he might play the 80. He hasn't looked, you know, particularly tired or in like he's carrying any niggles, but, um, you know, just to put him in, in cotton wool ahead of the finals, I, I wouldn't rule it out. It also gives Burton a bit more, you know, game time practice in case he is called on during the finals, um, which, you know, these guys are not getting a lot of practice outside of first grade these days. That's exactly right. Second Saturday game, the Sharks and the Raiders. Um, Sharks have uh, Wade Graham swapping into the halves, given Sean Johnson is out injured. Um, they've also lost Sione Katoa and Josh Dugan from the back line and Royce Hunt um, off the bench, but none of that's uh, particularly uh, fantasy relevant. 
yeah, I've got I've got nothing for fantasy in this one. A few big changes, as you say, Sean Johnson out uh, really hurts them and and hurts any fantasy coaches who had him. But um, yeah, no real buys in that team that I can I can spot. Not at all. I mean, I know a few people are still running with Toby Rudolph, but there's no one, literally no one in that 17 I'll be talking about buying ahead of um, other possible options this week. Straight to the Raiders. I'm certainly not going to read out all the changes of which there are almost all of them. Maybe nine players being rested. Their entire back line has been swapped out. Most of their forward pack as well. Um, Fantasy-wise, um, Jack Whiten is amongst the restings. He's in quite a few teams. Um Tom Starling back into the starting side is good for quite a few teams. Anyone who uh, took a punt on Silva Havili, he's starting in the 13 jersey. Um, Hudson Young isn't in a lot of teams, but has been scoring pretty heavily when he gets the chance. He's starting uh, on the edge this week, although I find he tends to score better in the middle than, than probably mm. on the edge. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's real real mixed result. Um, anyone who owns Whiten or George Williams, a few of those as well. Um, it hurts them, but uh, yeah, it, Starling and Havili have kind of been the, the rival hooker options, cheap hooker options in halfway through this season. And they both win here with Havili, uh, Locke and Starling. At hooker, should both play big minutes. Um, Hudson Young, a winner in that he's playing, as you say, and he does start. So, um, you know, the potential for a big score is there, even if he won't get through 40 or 50 tackles as he would in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, if in this Raiders team, if, if they're starting, it's a it's a bonus looking at this the, the number of changes that Ricky Stewart's made this week. Interesting that they've rested this many players. They must. I feel like Ricky Stewart's just assuming that Parramatta's going to go all out to beat the Tigers, and there's no chance for a top four spot on offer. But if the um, if the Eels lose, then Canberra could potentially be throwing away a top four spot and a second bite at the cherry, which could be uh, quite dramatic. Um, obviously, Eels play after the Raiders, so they won't know until after yeah. this game how that pans out. But yeah, interesting uh, strategy there yeah. from Canberra. Yeah, they could have put the pressure on. They're ahead on for and against, I think, over the oh, yeah. Eels. They just have to. Um, if they finish level on they're, points, they're in. Yeah, and they're playing a Sharks team that's just lost Sean Johnson, their chief attacking weapon. So... Um, yeah, the chance would have been there for a top four, and teams normally, you know, go all out to finish the top four. It's much talked about how you have to, you know, make the top four to win the comp. As the saying goes, so um, yeah, obviously Stuart with a lot of faith in Parramatta this week. Yeah, must do. Um, they are the next game taking on the West Tigers, who get Luke Brooks back from suspension in the halves. Tommy Talau is a big in for. A lot of fantasy coaches, he's uh, actually playing centre where he scores much more reliably than on the wing where he needs tries. Uh, Alex Twile back uh, starting at lock after sitting out last week with uh, illness. Um, Sam McIntyre, who's in a few teams, is out injured. Um, obviously got a small score last week um, because of that. Um, a few other tweaks around the uh, the bench forwards. Yeah, so um, Jacob Little's one of the... Names who is out, which again is good news for Harry Grant, although he's been playing big minutes and scoring pretty well uh, regardless uh, recently. Um, yeah, not much more to say there, I think. You know, good news for those who are who are in, Twal and Talau, and bad news for McIntyre. Uh, definitely the Warriors and the Sea Eagles uh, Sunday 2pm up there at the Central Coast. Um, unfortunately, Roger Tuovasa-Shek out with a, a hamstring strain he picked up last week. So Petr Hiku goes to fullback. Patrick Herbert uh, returns to the back line. Um, Eliezer Katoa returns to the forward pack. A couple of other um, reshuffles in terms of the um, the forwards. Yeah, Justin Bunga named. He had a head knock last week. Mm. Is he a, any chance of pulling out, do you think? 
I mean, he would have to uh, pass through the the protocols. So yeah, if he fails to do that, then um, potentially could go out. But um, you know, it's not a particularly short turnaround, is it? Let me double check. No, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, so good chance he plays. I guess if he does come pull out at that, that point in the round, then we're kind of stuck regardless. So um, fingers crossed uh, he pulls through. If you've got him in your team, two of us to check out is uh, is a big one, especially for those who you know traded him in for Pappenhausen a few weeks ago. Um, not that he's been scoring that great anyway recently. Can't really see anything else um, in that team. Obviously, Toho Harris, I think, was a bit quiet last week, got... Scoring mid forties, but normally he's been fantastic this year. Yeah, exactly. Sixty. Uh, the Manly team, Tommy Turbo was in and then straight back out with a shoulder injury. Tavita Furno goes to fullback. Ruben Garrick returns, which is notable because he could take goal kicking duties off uh, Daly Cherry Evans, who is still starting at halfback. Um, and then a few changes in the forwards. Yeah. So does that take DCE out of the captaincy considerations this week? He tends to oh, score dear. great when Trebojevic isn't there because he has to do everything else and plays like that. Um, but yeah, the goals have helped him recently. He's um, yeah, he seems to reliably get a pretty good score. Losing the goals doesn't help, but um, yeah, left field option potentially if you uh, feel like he might get a few try assists against the Warriors. And final game of the round, Dragons up against the Storm. Dragons have a couple of changes. Um, Ben Hunt is out, which is massive for a lot of fantasy teams. Um, still not sure if he's officially suspended yet, but picked up a quad strain last week, as well as a, a charge that he would have to beat in order to play. So definitely out. Um, and Corey Norman dropped. Uh, Adam Clune back in the halves alongside debutant Jaden Sullivan. Cameron McInnes playing hooker again uh, because of all that. Um, again, some changes to the forwards, which mostly aren't particularly fantasy relevant. Yeah, so I guess McInnes is a winner. Uh, in that reshuffle, um, well, Hunt's the loser. Zach, Zach Lomax was pretty amazing last week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in a losing side, um, top score, playing in the centres and top score, not just in that game, but in the whole round with uh, two very high scoring uh, tries with uh, busts and line breaks and all sorts of things. So um, he's been great all year and is still a, a weapon at this time of the season. That's about it for the Dragons at this stage, I think. Pretty much. The Storm team has some changes. Certainly won't be reading all these out. I think their entire starting 13 is either out or the one person who's still on the team is Nico Hines, who goes from fullback to the bench. Otherwise, mm. it's an entirely new, um, the entirely new 13 that runs out compared to last week, which is um, quite amazing. Um, obviously, heaps and heaps of players rested. Cameron Smith, who will hurt a few people, is rested. Cameron Munster, who's still in a few teams. Um, Tino Fasua Malaawi. Um, quite a few of these guys managing niggles as well, but for the most part, they would be playing if it was a, um, a big finals game. Ryan Pappenhausen in, been managing a few little issues. Um, with some mail that he might miss another week, but he's been named. Um, anything else you got? That's pretty much it. Yeah, good news for Pappenhausen, bad news for everyone else, basically, if you've uh, got them in your in your team from this storm side. So, yeah, it also gives the Dragons a big chance of finishing the year with a win, you would think, against what is effectively, you know, a reserve-grade Melbourne team. Still very well coached, still with likes of Brandon Smith and Pappenhausen on their starting side. But, um, yeah, very understrength. So that could change how things play out a bit in terms of scores. It could mean... 
yeah, more chances for guys like Lomax, you know, attacking players in the uh, in the Dragon side to score well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that is all the team changes. We've got a few uh, questions, and or we did a shout out for hard luck stories as well as questions this week. So we've got a few floating in. Um, start off with one from a friend of the show, Adrian McMurray, who has had a torrid time of it, but finished with an absolute wet sail. He says, uh, thanks guys for your advice during absolute train wreck of a year. Torhu in round seven was a highlight for me. Won me a few head to head. It's been a great point of difference all the way through, um, as well as Mitch Barnett later in the season. Worst trade was Brandon Wakeham. Got him in round nine for the Broncos after three good scores. Uh, got 34 and then Dean Pay got the boot and Wakeham was properly dropped from first grade. Had to trade him out the very next week. Also held 12 through all of his injuries only for him to miss out during my fantasy prelims what a debacle yeah the uh the 12 one hurt a lot of people the wakeham one really <laughs> really stings new coach change of tactic you can't really plan plan for that necessarily so mm. yeah it's been a lot of uh, horror stories this year and uh, richie kenzie who stepped in for you as co-host when you're on paternity leave um did the exact same thing with uh, Brandon Wakeham. Saw the, um, the the tasty scores loaded with base stats and brought him in. And then obviously, yeah, the coaching changed and he got dropped and, uh, yeah, burned a couple of trades on that one. Um, we have Dom Sullivan, 18. Went Kloon over Fogarty. Still can't get over that. Well, I was complaining about that for months after it happened, so I certainly feel your pain there. Yep. Same boat. Me too. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it was a good move. I think we've talked about this a few times, but um, they both came in at the same time. Clune got high 30s and Fogarty mid-20s after not showing any sort of statistical likelihood in reserve grade that he was going to do anything in, in first grade. And obviously, it's just been um, absolutely unbelievable since then. Uh, Kev writes in, all year, my centre position killed me. Um, still made it to semis. I need to have four players out and no trades. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in a similar position to that. Um, Ryan Didrickson writes in, managed to hold off my final trade, made the grand final. Um, well, this is a question, not a hard luck story. He's trading oh, uh, Cameron Smith to anyone under 770K, looking at uh, Mitch Moses, Tamalolo, Harry Grant, Abby Corusau, or Mitch Barnett. Um, underdog for the grand final. Have to rely on Randall um, to make it up to 17 green dots. Well, Randall's playing, so that, that helps. Um, yeah, out of those guys, so Moses, Tamalolo, Grant, Coruscant, Barnett, all good. Barnett was pretty quiet last week, so I grilled him out. Um, I don't know. It's it's tricky after that. Uh, Coruscant could get some bench time, depending on what mm. the Panthers do. So, uh, yeah, I think I like Moses or yeah, Moses, Tamalolo, or Grant. Can you narrow it down? Yeah, I'd probably be inclined to strike out. Tamalolo just with the concerns over his calf injury, even though he's starting and they're going to want to beat Brisbane and he probably plays big minutes. I'd be slightly concerned. Um, Harry Grant, once again, has Jacob Little uh, dropped out of the 17. Um, still in the 21, so could come in on game day, but he's been playing 80 minutes even when um, Little comes on the field. So Moses or Grant. Moses, the, the Eels have a good record against West Tigers. They'll obviously be trying hard to win this one if they can... Um, recapture a bit of their attacking mojo. You know, Moses who got 73 last week um, could be pretty handy. So maybe Moses then, um, then Harry Grant. Yep. Like it. Um, hard luck story from Dylan. He went Jeremy Marshall King over Kurt Mann in round one on paper. Mm. It was a bit of a, a coin flip, obviously. Um, 
went in different directions. Got Callum Watkins in in round two because uh, Callum Watkins, remember him, um, actually scored okay those first two rounds, but then um, had to go back to the UK um, during the, the COVID shutdown for family reasons. Um, traded in Kurt Capewell the week before he got injured, went clune over Fogarty, and then got Randall when he got his HIA and then got, got dropped. Season to forget for me. Other than the um, Marshall King one, I did all of them. Every single one. I yeah. started with Watkins. I didn't buy him, but I, I copped every one of those. Yeah, I dodged Randall, but uh, I didn't get... Uh, no, I did get Capel, I think. Man, that was a while ago. Yeah, I got Watkins as well. Yeah, rough, rough year. It's especially bad when it all looks it looks like a smart move on paper when you do it, and then it just all comes comes apart. I had a choice to make between Kurt Capel and Bradman Best, and I thought, you know, the 80-minute back row was more reliable than the 18-year-old mm. centre. Bought Capel, he got hurt, and then Best, those first couple of games, was scoring 80s. Had to buy him anyway, but paid about 60 grand more than I would have otherwise, and then had to make another trade um, to get rid of Capel. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, general question from Matt Toby: best player to get under 765k? Um, okay, I'll do a, well. Tamalolo is seven fifty one. Harry Grant seven twenty three. So we'd say Grant ahead of Tamalolo based on what we were just yeah. saying. Um, he's probably the winner. Tohu Harris seven fifty. It's very good. It's not bad. And Moses seven fifty seven. So one of those three, I would say. Yeah. Grant averages sixty two fifty two last week. His last game for the Tigers it could be in. Sorry, this is Grant. Yeah, could be in for a big one. Um, yeah, Grant or Moses. Yeah, one of those guys, depending on who you don't already have. Um, Luke Saunders writes in. Thanks for another great season, guys. Had a few horrors, but sat twenty seven hundred overall, which is my best finish. So can't complain too much. Um, although I've no idea how many players there are overall. Uh, been over a hundred thousand, like that. A bit over a hundred thousand. Yeah, quite a lot. So top, top three thousand is pretty pretty good work. Solid finish. Uh, Aaron writes in with a question. Hunt to Tamalolo, Coruscant, Grant or Nathan Brown? Uh, so do we say Grant? Um, yeah, for me, yeah. Uh, yeah, none of them are bad, but yeah, a few questions over Tamalolo, Coruscant. Who knows if the Panthers take guys off? Nathan Brown, it's a bit hit and miss. So yeah, let's go Grant. For sure. Uh, Matt E writes in, how do you think Tony Staggs will score playing in the halves? Yeah, I think he'll get a solid score. So his tackle count should go up a bit. Um, but his best scores have come when he scores a try, especially a runner, runaway try, which he needs space to do. And he might get a little bit less space in attack. So I don't know. I, I, my guess would be 35 to 45. Mm. Um Whereas often he's either 20s or mm. 50s. Just needs, you know, he's one of those guys who can score 30 points in a play though. So if he gets one of those, you could hit a hit a 60. Um, yep. Just sort of depends how the game pans out. The uh, the Cowboys not too strong in defence recently. So plenty of chances for him. Think Even playing in tighter and, and without as much space out wide, you think some chances to... Um, you know, to get some attacking stats. Uh, Nick Hudson writes in with two of us, Shek and Steve Crichton. Now I need a new wing of fullback or centre at any price for my last trade. Already have Tedesco, Lomax, Peachy and Ponga. The short list is Bradman Best, Campbell Graham, Katoni Staggs and AJ Brimson. Um, yeah, interesting one. So 
maybe Brimson on current mm. form. At home, um, the Knights could any Knights haven't been great away from home, even though they were great last week at home. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's scores pretty well just about every week. It seems Brimson, mm. uh, best first game back for a while. Question marks. Uh, Campbell Graham has been scoring great, but up against a good Roosters team. Stags, new position. Not sure. I, yeah, I think Brimson is your best chance of getting a fifty. Yeah, yeah, Brimson probably the most reliable, and then um, Stags could be anywhere from, like you said, twenty to sixty-five sort of thing would be my um, my pick. I think that's all the questions and the the horror stories um, we've had in. Have Do you, you have any more me? horror stories? <laughs> the one, um, the one that I could add to the all those ones that I shared with everyone who wrote in was. Um, when I did lose Callum Watkins over the break, um, had to buy another cheap centre for round three. Um, took a pun on Kiamat Shibasaki, who um, had mm. scored pretty handily in rounds one and two. And wouldn't you know it, the Knights played Sunday and got through to Sunday and he got left out of the team and I couldn't make any trades because all my other players and everything else was locked. So I burned a trade on Watkins to Shibasaki, got a zero for it and then had to burn another trade the week after making another trade. Those two trades were handy towards the end of the year. That's even worse than getting an injury. You just don't get any points at all. Yeah. Um, that's things. Yeah. My, my, I had a lot of blunders this year. So bad buys, you know, the hammer. Uh, Jamil Hopalati, Luke Thompson, all duds, it seems. Uh, and then my worst errors were selling players too early, especially in a year like this when everyone pretty much ran out of trades towards the end of the season. So sold Luciano Leilua before he got his 100, sold Mitchell Pierce before Blake Green got injured and Pierce started reeling off 50s and a 70. I had Kurt Mann before that and sold him before he became a full-time hooker and started getting 50s. Uh, Luai, like a lot of people, sold mm. early and his scores kept coming. Hudson Young I had for a bit. He did nothing, sold him, and he's starting to hit some big scores recently. So, yeah, a bit of patience would have gone a long way this year, I think, on a, on a few fronts. Yeah, it's been um, some bad judgment. It's just some very, very bad luck, I think, across the board. Um, anyway, that brings us to the end. So best of luck to everyone who is fighting out for a... Um, fighting it out for league glory in their, their head-to-head grand finals. Best of luck to everyone at the pointy end of the overall ladder. Um, will be a little bit of survival of the, the fittest given um, all the outs. But um, yeah, best of luck to everyone over the weekend. Hope you've enjoyed the uh, the season of fantasy despite all the um, the ups and downs. So I'll be back for the last fantasy video with Tanisha on Wednesday, Late Mile Crew podcast as always this week on Thursday. Um, we'll be back for more podcasts next year. Thanks everyone.